The following BLTV program is brought to you by O'Flaherty Law. Please enjoy. Welcome to Learn About Law. My name is Kevin O'Flaherty from O'Flaherty Law. I hope you find this video and podcast helpful. If you need some help, please feel free to call us at 630-324-6666. We offer free consultations in many areas of law, and we have several geographic locations for your convenience. We serve all of Illinois, and we're also happy to meet with you and provide most legal services virtually without requiring you to leave your home. Enjoy the video. Hi everyone, this is Robin with Learn About Law. And in this video, I'm going to discuss how to settle a trust after the trust maker dies. A revocable living trust is a legal entity that holds a trust maker's property and avoids the need for probate when the trust maker, also known as the grantor, dies. Since a deceased person cannot own land, probate is required to transfer properties from the decedent's possession to the names of living beneficiaries after his or her death. The revocable living trust, on the other hand, owns the grantor's properties and does not die. Without engaging the probate court, those properties may be passed to beneficiaries, effectively settling the trust. When the grantor dies or becomes incapacitated, a successor trustee is appointed in the trust documents to handle this process, stepping in and handling the revocable trust. Irrevocable trusts can continue to operate after the trust maker passes away, while most revocable trusts divide their assets and close their doors. If real estate or other properties must be sold, this could take up to 18 months, but it could take much longer. The length of time it takes to settle a revocable living trust is determined by a variety of factors. Where is the residence of the successor trustee? With modern technology, the location of the successor trustee in relation to the living trust shouldn't be a big deal, but it can be, particularly when an attorney is assisting with the trust settlement and the attorney is local. Successor trustees who live close to their lawyers can drop by their office at any time with questions. When the successor trustee lives out of town or in another state, quick meetings like this are impossible. The nearest successor trustee is to the attorney and the trust operations base. The faster tasks can be completed. Trustees with several successor trustees, some grantors appoint two or three co-trustees in the event that they die or become incapacitated. This will inevitably cause complications and delays, particularly if the trust formation documents stipulate that all trustees must agree before any legal action can be taken. Trustees may discuss, negotiate, or squabble for days or even weeks. This is particularly true when the grantor appoints two or more adult children as successor trustees. The successor trustee isn't interested in the job. Grantors should always consult with their prospective successor trustees to ensure that they are able to take on the role, but this does not always happen. And if it does, it won't stop anyone from agreeing in year one while the trust documents are being drawn up, just to change their mind 25 years later. Successor trustees may sign letters of renunciation at any time before or after taking over if they find the job is too much for them. Now that they're 65 and retired, responsibilities and time demands that didn't bother them as much when they were 40 may seem more stressful. Although some trusts appoint successors to their successors, the process of transferring authority can take some time. 
If no other replacement trustees are named and the first resigns, a beneficiary can be chosen. But this may lead to controversy and the need for court intervention. When there's a dispute or a court case, time starts to slow down. What is the number of beneficiaries? When there are many beneficiaries, trust administration takes longer. The distance between them and the council, successor trustee, or both is also important. This is actually a function of the time it takes for each of them to submit and receive documents. Thanks for watching. To learn more, check out our article link below. Be sure to leave any questions you have in the comments and subscribe for more legal content daily. Hello again, this is Kevin O'Flaherty from O'Flaherty Law. I hope you enjoyed the video and podcast. If you did, we'd love it if you'd subscribe to our channel. If you need legal help in this or any other area of law, please do not hesitate to reach out and schedule a consultation. Most consultations are free and all can be conducted remotely if you'd like. Please email us, book online, or call us at 630-324-6666. We have many locations for your convenience and we serve all of Illinois. So thanks again for watching.